Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, and I'm the host and creator of the Bible in Life. And I am grateful for you and your genuine faith in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus. And I'm glad we get to be together, at least in this format. While we don't get to see each other face to face, we do get to spend a little bit of time together thinking through some things related to living as disciples of Jesus. And we have two great questions that we're going to explore today. But before we look at that, just uh, wanted to make known to you the free ebook on my website. If you've been wondering, man, I want to really dig in and study the Bible. I'm not sure where to begin. I feel like I get lost. Well, I have this free ebook that will guide you in how to study the Bible for yourself. And it'll give you the five spheres of context that are really necessary for us to grapple with as we seek to understand what the text is saying. I even include in it uh, some suggested resources, some online resources, stuff that you can use that'll help you uh, study the Bible for yourself, as well as some books and things that if you want to spend a little bit of money, you can buy that'll really help you dig into the Bible as well. So uh, that resource is called the Bible in Life ebook. It is completely free at johnwhitaker.net, johnwhitaker.net, right on the homepage. Uh, you just put in your name, email address, you'll get access to that as well. All right, last week, on uh, last week's Bible and Life episode, we explored a series of questions that were sent in to me by a listener, and we, we dealt with the first three that all sort of revolved around uh, questions of following Jesus and questions related to spiritual growth. We have two more questions from uh, that email that he sent me that I'm really excited about exploring with you today. The first one will be on how do I deal with doubts and uncertainties that arise along the, the journey of life? And then uh, what are some important life lessons or advice you would give to a young person like me seeking to make a positive impact in the world? Uh, both of these questions are really worth thinking about and exploring and are valuable for all of us to consider particularly since, as the first one noted, that there are bound to come some uncertainties in life. There are bound to come some doubts in relationship to God and God's interaction with us and God's activity in the world, that doubts are part of life. And so let's just jump in with that question. How do I deal with doubts and uncertainties that arise along the journey of life? And let me just begin by saying, I, I understand this. I get this. And our doubts are of different kinds. They can be driven by our experience. We can doubt God's goodness because of certain things that have come our way, accidents that have happened, diseases that have invaded our family, maybe conflict that has ruptured family harmony, right? We could begin to uh, doubt maybe God's goodness, or we pray and pray and pray and we don't see any answers. We begin to doubt that prayer works or that, that God's actually listening or that God cares. There are different kinds of doubts. And I've experienced a variety of different types of doubts myself over my own journey of faith and my walk with God. Let me just share actually one, uh, one bout of doubt that really kind of settled in my mind where I was going to land. It's not the only one I have, but it's one that really stands out. It's actually happened while I was in graduate school. So I'm in graduate school studying theology. And in that environment, um, I actually came to have some really serious doubts that I had to wrestle with with regard to my faith. Did I really believe that the stories in the Bible, particularly the, the Jesus story, did I believe that was true? Did I believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Was Jesus actually um, the Messiah and the Son of God risen from the dead? Was that true? This was where my bout with doubt really uh, got me. There I am in graduate school, and I'm reading stuff from 
different kinds of theologians all over the place, different writers and Bible teachers, some who deeply loved God and loved the Bible, and some who were more critical and and uh, raised questions of knowledge and doubt. I was actually, I had some of my friends that I was studying with who, um, it seems to me now, particularly looking back, were beginning what in, in today's context would be called, they would be kind of beginning maybe at least some version of an early journey of deconstruction and didn't necessarily mean they're going to walk away from their faith, but they were beginning to dismantle the the trappings of their faith that they had grown up with. And all of this prompted in me that question, do I really believe it? Is is the story about Jesus, is, can I, is, is the story about God, is it really true? And it was, it was a pressing question. Like, I mean, I'm studying theology. My passion for God had been deep and now is beginning to wane. Uh, I felt like when I would read the Bible and pray, I was walking through the dark, a long, dark, black tunnel. It was deep and it was a pressing, really struggle with doubt. And um, after months of kind of weighing through this and wrestling with this and thinking on this and processing it, I finally got out a piece of paper and I got out a pen and I just began to write down why I thought particularly the Jesus story was true. And that's what it really settled on for me. It settled on the fact that I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that what Jesus said and did were true, and that I could trust Jesus. So even if there were other things that didn't make sense, even if there were other things that God did in the world that I I didn't understand, or there were things in the Bible that I couldn't figure out, Jesus rose from the dead, and the truth about Jesus is sure. And I wrote, wrote out my reasons for that on a piece of paper, and they were solid historical reasons. And I think I've talked about those on earlier podcasts when I talked about some reasons for faith, reasons to believe uh, on a series uh, earlier on on this podcast. And so you can go back and look for those episodes and hear maybe some of the, the things that I thought through and things I wrestled with with regard to that. But that moment solidified for me that, look, there's going to be things that I don't understand, but I trust Jesus and I believe Jesus. And so doubt is real. Um, and it's important to be honest about it. So when it says, how can I deal with doubts and uncertainties that arise? The number one thing I would say is, let, let's just be honest about it. The key to be honest about it is, is not to pretend like they don't matter or not to pretend like you don't have them. Uh, but to be honest, I am really struggling about uh, with, with certain doubts and uncertainties, right? I think it's important to be honest. It's also important to be honest that doubt is not the opposite of faith. In the Bible, unbelief is the opposite of faith, not doubt. Um, doubt is asking questions. Doubt is trying to figure things out. Um, but it's not, it's not necessarily the opposite of faith. That is settled unbelief. And, and so I think we just need to be honest with our doubts, acknowledge them, even acknowledge them to the Lord. Lord, I'm really struggling with this. And then the other thing I would say, besides being honest, is I would say, uh, find a wise and gracious guide who can help you think through your pressing doubts. I think that's terribly important. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had a young man that I had known since he was a school kid. I've known his family. Um, we had gone to church together. Uh, I knew his wife, right? I knew his wife's family super well. So this young man had him reach out to me because he had been wrestling with doubts. And he'd been reading things on the internet and watching videos and listening to things that stirred all sorts of questions that even though he'd grown up in a Christian family, he had gone to church his whole life. He'd gone and graduated from a Christian school. Um, 
he was really struggling with, and he wasn't sure where to go with it. And he had talked to his dad, who had been an elder in a church, and uh, his dad brought in an expert, and the expert just dumped all these reasons on it, but never really listened to him. And it didn't help, and he was struggling, and he didn't know where to go. And his wife said, you should talk to John. And so he reached out to me, and we began getting together, and he's clear analytical thinker. He brought his notebook and he had questions and I would listen to his questions and I'd probe and I would ask. And what I kept doing was basically doing for him what I did for myself, which was pointing back to Jesus. All right, we can explore that. We can talk about that question. We can look at that. I think there's some some good things that we can do to help us understand that more. But here's the key thing. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is who he says he is. Let's get that settled first. And then we can begin to work out, well, how do we understand the creation story? And is, you know, is the earth young? Is it old? And some of these other questions, right? We can begin to explore some of those things. Why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? We can begin to explore some of those within the biblical worldview, but let's get settled on Jesus. And so we met for coffee for six, eight straight weeks, and we had conversations. And at the end of uh, our six or eight weeks together, after, after that, he was like, John, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. And not that he had all his questions answered, not that all the doubts were resolved, but he was settled on Jesus. And that's the key thing. And so I really think it's important for us to find a wise and gracious guide who can listen, who can ask us good questions, who can really seek to understand where we're coming from and understand why we're wrestling with what we're wrestling, really listen closely, and then ask us good questions. Sometimes tell us hard truths, sometimes point out things in scripture we haven't thought about and help us really understand our faith, and the biblical worldview more. So be honest with your doubts. Don't stuff them. Don't be embarrassed by them. Don't pretend like they don't exist. Don't think, oh, I'm, if, I, if I have doubts, I can't be a good Christian. Don't do that. Just say, okay, I'm wrestling with these things, and then find a wise and good guide um, who can help you out. And part of that is just to recognize you'll probably, <laughs> in fact, I would expect that, uh, you'll never have 100% absolute certainty. You just never will. Like That's just not realistic about life. That's not realistic about God. That's not realistic about the Bible. Look, if God is infinite and I am finite, then the fact is, is I will never fully understand him. How in the world can me, a small, finite human being, understand the infinite, almighty, majestic God who is beyond me? And if I could reduce God down to a, something that I could always fully grasp and understand, he probably wouldn't be worth my worship. And so, um, even though you won't fully understand everything, and even though um, you won't have 100% certainty on everything, here's the thing. Loyal trust is the key. So, Lord, I don't fully get this. I don't get why that happened. I don't get why sometimes when I pray, it seems like even though it seems clear from your word, it's within your will, you seem silent. I don't get that. Nevertheless, Lord, I trust you, and I will be loyal to you, and I'll be faithful to you, until the final day. So keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep confident that he rose from the dead and trust God, even when things don't always make sense. All right. I hope that's helpful just to thinking through how to approach them. There are some good resources on uh, apologetics, Christian evidences, those sorts of things. And if you're looking for some of those resources, man, feel free to email me. I can shoot you uh, a few that I think are trustworthy and reliable um, that could be really helpful to you. Um, and I would love to help you out, at least point you in the direction of some of those resources. All right. The other question, last question that this uh, 
person in this email asked me was, what are some important life lessons or advice you would give to a young person like me seeking to make uh, a positive impact in the world? And here's my thoughts on that. And I think this is pertinent to whether you're a young person, a middle of the age person, or an older person, it doesn't really matter. Um, here is what I think is the most important advice I could give to anybody, particularly a young person. And it's this, you give away who you are. You give away who you are in everything you do, in all your relationships. So in your marriage, Lord willing, should you get married someday if you're a young person, you're going, the, the, your marriage is going to be shaped by, uh, the, the environment of your home is going to be influenced by the kind of person that you are, who you are. Um, the nature of your marriage is going to be deeply shaped by that. In your parenting, you give away to your kids far more about who you are than just what you say, because who you are shapes everything about what comes out of your mouth, about the demeanor and the tone in your voice, about your interactions. You give away who you are. You get, who you are determines how you handle it when you fall short, when you make mistakes, when you don't live up to even the standards of Jesus and the things that are important to you and your own values. Um, who you are gives you the courage and the confidence to own that apologize for that, make amends for that, whatever appropriate way. So uh, you give away who you are. That's just the way life works with your coworkers, in your interactions with the, the, uh, the teller at the bank, in your interactions with the clerk at the store, right? Um, and the way you relate to your neighbors, it's all going to overflow out of who you are, the kind of person that you are. So because that's true, be sure that your roots are going deep down into Jesus and into his word. Letting Jesus be the primary teacher in your life. Letting Jesus be the one that you're listening to more than anyone else. Letting Jesus and his values and his priorities and his character shape and form your worldview, your values, your ambitions, so that your character, who you are, deep in the core of your being, so that your character is increasingly formed and shaped by Jesus, so that um, when you give, when you when you interact with people, when you make an impact, you know you want to make a positive impact in the world. Well, it flows out of a Jesus-centered heart, a Jesus-formed character, a Jesus-shaped mind. That's the goal. So make sure your roots are going down deep into Jesus and His Word, and as you let Him form you, then you can serve and you can give. And you can make a difference in whatever little ways you can in your own neck of the woods. You can do so out of your own life with Jesus. And so wherever you're at in life, and particularly if you're young, don't rush to make an impact. Uh, sometimes that sounds counterintuitive. That may not even be what you always hear from the preachers in the pulpit. But I would say don't rush to make an impact. Instead, be with Jesus by reading his word, by praying, by putting rhythms into your life to turn your heart towards him, turn your mind to, to him throughout the day. Be with Jesus, and then as Jesus transform you, he will begin to bear fruit through you. That's not just, that's not me just making that stuff up. Jesus is the one who said that, right? He said, abide in me, which means dwell, remain, stick with, right? Attach yourself to Jesus, be with him. Abide in me. This is John chapter 15, verse one and following. Abide in me, Jesus said, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Um, and then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
right? So you got to be attached to him. You got to be abiding in him, remaining in him. So abide in me and I will abide in you. And then you will bear much fruit. So the key, the command, the call there is to abide in Jesus. And then he makes the fruit happen as he transforms you. So what are some important lessons or advice I could give to a, a person wanting to make an impact in the world? Will be be with Jesus, and then as He transform you, open your eyes prayerfully in partnership with Jesus to the world around you, and in your own sphere of influence, in your own neighborhood, in your own uh, relationships and interactions. Let Jesus produce good fruit through you as you serve Him in partnership with Him. That's probably the best advice I could give anybody for how to make a positive impact in the world. A couple other little minor things I would say in relationship to that is, I would say particularly to the guys, to the young men, uh, and I know a lot of young men didn't have uh, dads at home or didn't have good dads at home. So let me just say this, because I didn't have a good dad growing up. My dad left when I was three and a half. That's my earliest childhood memory. I had to learn some things as I, I grew up. Here's one of the things I think is really important for all of us, particularly for you if you're a young man, and it's this. Take responsibility for your life. Take initiative for your life. Don't be passive, right? Don't just let life come your way. Don't just sit hoping good things happen. Don't just sit there thinking, man, I sure want to make an impact in the world, right? Don't just sit there waiting for Jesus to zap you, you know, with a lightning belt and all, bolt and all of a sudden you become like him. No, take some agency, take responsibility, take initiative, don't be passive. And, and as you do that, you do that by presenting yourself to Jesus. Uh, putting habits in, in place to attach yourself to Jesus, taking responsibility for doing the things that Jesus has set before you that are just right there, right? Like getting a job, working hard, being faithful on your works. He's faithful in a few things, can be trusted with more things, Jesus said, right? Like just take responsibility, be faithful where you're at, take initiative, don't blame, right? Uh, don't blame others for your shortcomings, your mistakes, your situations, what's not fair in life. Just, just own it, take responsibility, say, okay, this is where I'm at. And I'm going to take responsibility for my life. I'll take initiative to begin moving forward. I'll begin putting one step in front of the other. And over time, if you'll do that in partnership with Jesus, he will change your life. So I hope that helps. Um, has some important life advice for making a positive impact in the world. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. Uh, the Bible and Life is an overall online ministry that includes this podcast. It also includes the listener's commentary where I teach straight through uh, Bible books, just paragraph by paragraph in great detail. So that's the listener's commentary. You can check that out. Include some writing and other things that I'm creating, various resources. And so that's all made possible because of the generosity of people who believe in this ministry and support it financially and prayerfully. So thanks a ton for your support. And if you want to join the team of supporters, you can do so by going to johnwhitaker.net, clicking the Give button at the top. Uh, it'll redirect you to a page on World Family Missions website where you can set up a one-time or a recurring monthly donation uh, right there through uh, World Family Missions. So thanks a ton in advance for your support. May God bless you for it. I look forward to talking with you again next week.